You're listening to 15 Minutes to Freedom with Ryan Nidell, the no filter, no BS show dedicated to your expansion in business, body, and relationships. Sit up, listen up, and let's go. This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is about emotions. So in my opinion, we all have these thoughts and feelings and emotions inside of us, both good ones and some that we'll call bad ones. You know, the ones we're not allowed to share, the ones that we're told should stay deep down and suppress inside of us. There's a a systematic sedation that comes along with figuring out which ones are which, you know, a sedation that limits the advancement in which we're basically all able to achieve super high level, right? Like what the fuck am I talking about? Well, high level is great, but real world implementation is much better. That's more of my my style here. Let's talk about feelings that we're not supposed to share. The ones that are fucking dark. The ones that don't play nicely with others. The ones we've been told since preschool, we should shut the fuck up about and keep inside. So, you know, you think back back to your preschool days. Like, go ahead, close your eyes for a minute. Think back to preschool and, and what you were told. You know, if you didn't agree with something that a kid did, you're supposed to, you know, play nicely with others and and not say things to hurt people's feelings. And I agree, you know, we shouldn't go out there and, and brashly attack other people. And that's not, that's not the right way to operate. That's not the right way to live in the world. But it's also not a, a methodology to shut your fucking mouth all the time. Like, that's ridiculous. You know, as, as let, let me put some more context around this. As, as many of you may know, I'm Lindsay's, going to be Lindsay's second, second husband. She's been married once before, and I don't blame her for that. You know, I didn't know her back then. I had nothing to do with her or the marriage. I'll know the side of the story that she shared. And that's really all I care to know. You know, she, she was married for six or seven years and had known her ex-husband for two or three years before that. And they had what I guess many would say to be a good marriage, you know, moved around the country and had, had nice things and moved back home into this situation and work. So they got divorced and I met Lindsay as she was entering in that divorce process. So fuck it. Maybe I'm the catalyst for it. Maybe I'm not. For me, I met a phenomenal woman that wasn't wearing a wedding ring that was in the process of going through divorce that I fell madly in love with very quickly. And of course, as I've shared with you, I've been a fucking asshole and didn't do things the right way. But that's for more context than that, go back to old episodes. I'm not going to rehash that right now. So as you look, Lindsay and I have been together for the better part of four years. Through thick and thin, we've been together when I almost lost everything, had my truck repossessed, almost had a foreclosure on my home. She stuck with me when I wasn't a good guy. She actually bailed me out and went into her savings and paid to keep my house from going into repossession or foreclosure for me to be able to sell it to, you know, recapitalize her back. So yes, I cheated on her when we first got together. I saw another relationship that was winding down. I was still not the right way forward on how I conducted myself. Again, I've shared that before. I don't say that proudly, but I share it as contextual. I think it's important that as I'm painting this picture of the right way to act and the wrong way to act, that I'm not painting this rosy fucking picture that I was this beacon of, of, of positivity and I was a good guy because I fucking wasn't. I am by far no fucking saint. I don't claim to be. Admittedly, me, probably most like most of you, I'm just trying to figure out fucking life. I'm trying to figure out the best way forward. But in, in that figuring life out, I'm searching for my own truth and expansion. And I began to realize more and more things about myself and about, again, this systematic sedation that we go through. And that's something that Garrett White and Wake Up Warrior has has shared with me. So if you you don't know what that is, go to wakeupwarrior.com, take a look at it, go ahead and download Garrett's podcast. It's phenomenal. I'm not a paid, you know, affiliate of his. This is something that literally changed my fucking life. So I believe in giving credit where credit is due. And I owe this man a shitload of credit because he gave me an operating system to run my life within. 
And part of that operating system is to stop fucking lying. Stop lying about everything. But in that stop fucking lying, it makes people really uncomfortable. And I'm going to prove it to you. I don't fucking like Lindsay's ex-husband. More specifically, I wish I never heard his name or had to see his fucking face again. Ever. Any man that ultimately tells you something different is full of fucking shit in my opinion. You have to look at the man that used to sleep with your now wife, that created a child, that dictates what you're able to do and not do in your own life. And I say dictates what you're able to do and not do. If I wanted to move with Lindsay and Gianna across country, he has to bless it. And then he ultimately would have to move with us. And I would never want to take Gianna away from him. But let's get real for a second. I don't want to fucking live in Columbus for the rest of my life. I don't want to live here right now. I live here because that's the right thing to do for Gianna because he's a phenomenal father for Gianna. He takes great care of her. But that's it. You know, him and I have had a back and forth relationship. When I first met Lindsay, they were living under the same roof and I would go over to her house and pick her up and he would shake my hand. We'd have a quick conversation. I thought, man, this fucking guy is super cool. Life is good. You have this guy that has understood the fact that the relationship is winding down and there's nothing there. And so instead of, you know, being an asshole about things, he understands he's got to move on and here we sit, shake his hand, talk business, talk life. Life is good. But then as their divorce continues to proceed and, and he becomes more and more downtrodden, the fact that he's not going to get Lindsay's back. Like Lindsay's with me now and we have a great relationship, even though in the background I was being an asshole, it eventually becomes a, a fucking phenomenal relationship. So as life continues and we continue down this path, he goes from shaking my hand, talking to me about business to calling me every name under the sun, asshole, cocksucker, dumbass, you know, doesn't want anything to do with me, won't talk to me, won't look at me and won't shake my hand. Lindsay and I, granted now, have been together four fucking years. The first six months, he was all about it. Would shake my hand, talk to me, look me in the eye. Then as she moves out of the house and her and I move into the same house and we go down the path of our relationship and it continues to grow, he stops corresponding with me. We go to Gianna's gymnastics lesson. He won't shake my hand or say hello. He'll say hello to everybody else. He comes over to the house to pick up Gianna from our house for his, his shared time with her. And the motherfucker won't look at me, won't shake my hand. So much so, he tried to walk into our house for years until I had to confront him on the front yard and just say, look, you're not walking into my house without ringing the doorbell. This is my house. It's my fucking sanctuary. So when I say this, when I paint this picture, I love him for giving, or I, I respect him for giving life to Gianna. I respect him that he does the best that he can as a single male parent. Other than that, I don't fucking like the guy. I'm forced to try to put on the smiley face and I talk very positively about him in front of Gianna because I know how important that is because he is a good influence in her life. He's intelligent. He's articulate. He shares love and compassion with Gianna and that's ultimately all that matters on that level. But if I look at what matters in my life, you have this motherfucker that won't look at me, won't shake my hand. Right? I treat his fucking daughter like a queen. I treat her like she's my own daughter. And that's what the fuck you're supposed to do with what I call a bonus daughter. Date nights and sharing stories and tucking her into bed. And when she's with Lindsay and I 70% of the time, as far as the world would be concerned, as far as I'm concerned, she's my daughter. So I bet at this point, if you're being honest with yourself, it makes you feel real fucking uncomfortable to hear the strange truth. To hear the truth that I don't fucking like this guy at all. That I wish he would go far away. Me even saying out loud right now that I don't like this fucking asshole inevitably is making some of your, some of you shake your head. Some of your stomachs turn like, who is this guy? But admittedly for me, it gets much darker than that. If I'm real with my emotions, and I'm telling the fucking truth completely. It's a lot more than I don't like this guy. It gets a lot deeper than that. 
But for the time being, I'm going to leave it right there. I just don't fucking enjoy him. I just don't want him around. Now again, for, for the why. As you're shocked and appalled, shocked and appalled sitting there, how could I say such things? Let me share a couple more examples with you. So you have this guy that consistently degrades me. Now, I am not a rogue scholar. I did not graduate from an Ivy League school. I don't have a master's. Fuck, I don't have a bachelor's degree. College wasn't for me in the end. I did not graduate. I've had some successes in business and some failures and everything in between. Doesn't make me who I am. The run rate of my experiences make me who I am. I know above and beyond everything else, I'm a fucking phenomenal father. And I'm a great husband. And those things to me matter really above and beyond anything else. So when I say these things, this man consistently to Lindsay's parents and to Lindsay talks down about me, not to me. He doesn't the fucking balls to look me in the face and say these things. He just talks about me to everybody else. How stupid I am, how, how hopped up on steroids I am, how much, how bipolar I am or um, a sociopath I am because he says I have multiple personalities. When I pontificate here on, on, on the microphone or if I'm on a video or, or, or whatever, he says I'm a different person. Well, sure, there are different sides to everybody, but above and beyond, I know my own self. I know my truth. I know exactly who the fuck I am at this moment. And I'm okay with owning that truth. Just if my mouth isn't open, you would assume something different about me. So between him talking shit about me consistently, and then I I confronted him, and not in an aggressive way, simply, you know, emailed him or text him and Lindsay at the same time and said, look, we're going to co-parent Gianna together. We're going to do all these things together for the next 18 years. Yeah, not 18 years, 14, really forever. But until Lindsay or until Gianna graduated high school, this is how life's going to be. We're going to be around each other. So in being around each other, we might as well make the most of it. We might as well make sure that what we're doing is successful for her because she is all that matters in the world. All I care about is that she grows up well-adjusted, brilliant, beautiful, powerful. I mean, the stuff that really fucking matters to a kid. She needs to be instilled with all those things. Some of the things that I, I wasn't instilled with, some of the things that I believe my generation wasn't instilled with, there's a chance to hit a reset button and recalibrate the way the next generation views the world. And so that shit's really important to me. So I, I reach out to him and say, look, you know, we need to get together and air out our grievances. Admittedly, at this point, I don't really have any other than the fact that he's a cocksucker and won't shake my hand and look me in the eye. This is before he's talking shit. This is before all this stuff. So we agree to meet at a Panera, you know, a local Panera, seven o'clock in the evening, sit down. And, you know, as we sit down, he just goes in on me and I'm good with that. I'm sitting there shaking my hand, you know, shaking my head, agreeing with him, you know, that I stole his wife from him and that I did all these, these things. I stole his wife. And if it wasn't for me, he'd still be with her. And I have plenty of empirical data to say that's not true, but that's part of life. You know, that's, that's his version. And so Granted, we have this meeting, and we're three years into our relationship. This is right before I asked Lindsay to be my wife. One of the things he had a big issue with was the fact that I wasn't asking her to marry me, that we're living in sin in front of his daughter. And this is a man that's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God in any capacity. More power to him. Before that, to you know, say we're quote-unquote living in sin or that he doesn't agree with it. Motherfucker, I don't care that you don't agree with my lifestyle. I treat Lindsay like a queen and Gianna like a goddess. I mean, I, I do the best I possibly can with both those women all the time. There's John is seeing a great example on a day over day basis. There's nothing that she should, you know, we don't argue. Lindsay, and I don't just don't argue. I show love and compassion, do homework with John. I mean, I'm not painting this rosy picture. I'm sure I, I fucking work too much. I miss things, but when it comes down to it, I'm setting a great example for how a man should treat a woman. 
And so he's going in and going in and going in. And this goes on for about an hour. I'm letting him just attack me because I really don't, I don't give a fuck. He can say what he needs to say to make himself feel better and get it out there. You know, become, become more at peace with his emotions. So we wrap up this conversation and we shake hands. I said, look, you know, now that we leave here, are we good? Do you feel better? Yeah, you know, we, we've talked things through. I feel better. This is good. I said, okay, once I ask her to marry me, are, are we on the right page? Can we, can we just continue forward? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I asked her to marry me in December. Here we go all the way to now. We still aren't communicating. This is a year in advance. You know, there's been nothing more done. So you look at all this shit. It's like, what the fuck is really happening? I have this guy that committed to make things better. That's not. I have this guy that consistently talks shit instead of addressing things with me one-on-one. I have this man that's still holding on to the false reality that he can ever be with Lindsay again. Instead of just celebrating the fact that I treat his daughter like she's my own. And I always encourage her to be the best daughter she can be for him. There's never been one time I've talked poorly about him to her. So there'll come a point in life, I'm not naive, where this will exist in the world and she'll be able to hear this and she'll hear, she'll formulate her own stories. And Gianna, when you hear this one day, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Like this is the truth though. This is what really happened. And so for that, here we sit. You know, there's, there's all these examples of this guy as to why I don't like him. But if I go back to the original analogy, we've been taught at a young age that I shouldn't say this shit out loud. That I should just bottle this shit up. Well, I'm bottling this up, what the fuck happens to it? Where does it go? The emotions and the feelings don't disappear. They just well up inside of you and become this massive fucking pit. This pit that makes me want to attack people. This pit that, that causes us to sedate ourselves. Alcohol, drugs, porn, name something, gambling. Like We all have vices, but what happens when you eliminate the root causes for these vices? What happens when you just own the fact you don't fucking like somebody? You don't have to like every motherfucker on the planet. There's probably a lot of people you don't like. Some of you listening to this probably don't like me. I'm good with that. So what I'm going to encourage you to do, if you can think about it for just a moment, is think of all the shit in your life that you don't like. Think of how many times someone's pissed you off. You just swallowed it. And it ate at you. And it tore you apart. And it created just a little pit inside yourself. But enough of those little pits create a big fucking hole that doesn't need to be there. All you have to do is own your truth. When someone pisses you off, take a deep breath for a second, then fucking tell them they pissed you off. When you don't like somebody, tell them you don't like them. It's, it, there's too much false shit in the world when you can just own what the fuck you feel. Life would be so much easier if there was no more backstabbing and, and talking behind the curtains. Say it out loud. If I, if I have the balls to say to Lindsay behind the scenes that I don't like her ex-husband... Then I had the balls to say to him face to face, I don't like you, but we have to coexist and we should coexist in a positive light to make sure we're raising Gianna the best way we can together. So in your life, if you think about it, whether it's in your business or in your personal relationships or your friendships, or maybe it's even in your body, what are the things that you're not owning the truth in and how much better would your life be if you took action on those? How much better could you be and how much higher could you operate if you took the shit that you didn't like and just owned it for a second and got rid of it? And stop having to eat apart your insides. Because guys, every day you have to do just a few small things. You have to take one foot and put it in front of the other and just keep marching towards your ultimate outcome. So when you condense that down, what I say is every day you have to get shit 
done. Thanks for listening to this episode of 15 Minutes to Freedom with Ryan Nidell. Do Ryan a favor and share this with others in your life that need to hear it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. For more content just like this, head over to ryannidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.